Before the Ranger Creed is recited by a formation of Rangers at a ceremony, you will always hear the narrator say, Will all Rangers, past and present, please join as we recite the Ranger Creed? Every Ranger will stand, and as they say those six stanzas, they are transformed back to a time when they had the pleasure and the burden of this brotherhood. That feeling is hard to describe. However, it's one that never leaves you. It's a connection that spans the globe and can be reignited when you hear the phrase, Hey Ranger, what battalion were you from? Amongst this formation, there are Rangers that stand out. They are legends of this elite organization, and when their names are spoken, people instantly have a story and for a moment, relive it. Legends of the 75th Podcast wants to capture that feeling and those stories. We want to ensure that these legends, triumphs, and sacrifices never fade away. So sit back with your favorite adult beverage and listen to the stories from the Legends of the 75th. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to today's episode. I'm pretty excited. Um, if you exist or you live and you've ever touched Ranger Regiment, you've definitely heard of this man, especially down here in Columbus, Georgia. Uh, someday he may actually run for mayor of uh, Columbus, Georgia. We'll see. I don't know if politi- uh, politics are in his future or not. I'm just, I got to poke him a little bit. But uh, Major Retired Tony Maine is uh, our legend for today. And, uh, you know, just to give everybody a little bit of an account of his career, and I'm just touching the wave tops. Uh, he served in 375 as an infantryman all the way through to staff sergeant. Then he eventually went the OCS route as uh, many staff sergeants do uh, when they can't get promoted to sergeant first class. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Possibly true in this case. Possibly true in this case. Uh, and he retired from Ranger Regiment as a major, uh, serving as a PAO, actually, at Ranger Regiment before his, uh, before his departure. He has a total of eight deployments, and he currently works as a director of the Gallant Few at The Rock. Uh, he's also involved with uh, Ranger for Life, and we'll definitely have a conversation about that as we get going in the episode. And also, he's a, he works for the ministry at the St. Luke United Methodist Church. So, Tony, it's amazing to have you on Legends. I know that you did not think that uh, you should be coming on, but I disagree, and many, many other people disagree as well. So, welcome to the fold of the Legends of the 75th. Well, let's get started because that's extremely uncomfortable with that. <laughs> so, so hit, hit me with one to get this thing, uh, get this thing rolling. All right. Well, I saw some of your facial expressions when I was kind of reading the intro. Now, not your intro. You had a lot of faces when I read your intro. The intro that I give for every episode. You know, what's some kind of thoughts and feelings as I read that intro? Blessed. As an individual, just blessed to be a part of this organization. There are not too many people who join, um, at least I would say maybe uh, mid-90s and, and, and prior maybe uh, mm-hmm. due to the advent of Al Gore's internet could really capture and understand what they were getting into in the Ranger Regiment if they didn't have a family member. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the fact that I stumbled into it, um, absolutely, absolutely blessed. And, and then... Um, in your intro, you do a great job uh, capturing the, capturing the culture of the organization of, about everything was plural in there. You know, when Rangers recite through everything you said, I believe the majority, and that's what I was ca- I caught on to was plural. I didn't even notice that. It's wow. a big it's a big deal, and and that's that's part of the culture. So to be on even 
the title of your podcast is legend. It's not like a legend. Um, it, it just, that that's really kind of, kind of what got me. We are about community. We are mm-hmm. a dog eat dog organization, mm-hmm. right? And alpha dogs eat alpha dogs, but at the end of the day, it's the people. And that's yeah. what we really, uh, I kind of captured. Feel feel great to be on. So let's get this thing rolling so I don't have to feel too uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I appreciate, you know, you kind of analyzing the, that intro and I never noticed the plural sense of it before. I'm reading through it, back through it as you, as you, you know, as you were kind of saying that and you're absolutely spot on. But that little nuance speaks of the organization itself that, yes, you're right. We are a dog eat dog eat, you know you know, kind of organization, but at the same time, we take care of our own and it's always about the organization. Everything we do is about the organization and serving the organization and the people that make up it. So, well, you, uh, you kind of prefaced it a little bit, you know, so how did you find yourself in Ranger Regiment? Oh, this is goofy. So, um, so you take the army values and one of them, uh, is selfless service. Um, I like, I believe a lot of people of my generation at the time, pre GWAT, um, and wanting to be a ranger, that was very much selfish service. Like no one that I know of came into ranger regiment or was in going through the ranger indoctrination program at that time because they couldn't wait to be a team leader in ranger regiment and be in charge of three under three other rangers. No, you want to be in Ranger Regiment because you want the beret because you enlisted to do all these things. So, um, and that really comes to where my work is today. We'll get to that. But that's what I realized about myself. Mm-hmm. And then what, what's the first thing that happens once you leave 30th AG, if you're at uh, Infantry OSIT here at Fort Benning and you, and you go, what was then called downrange. I don't think they were the deployments. They might have stopped calling that uh, downrange. They probably did, yeah. But but you get thrown in a team environment and everything's a team. And now all of a sudden, the UUU of recruitment and your wants and desires is now team. And it's just and it's just amplified. But that's really in terms of wanting to be a ranger. One of the hardest things I could do. I just graduated from Ohio State. I was going to go back home after my time of doing what I wanted to do and what I wanted to get out of the army, then go back to law school, marry my sorority girlfriend. Right. So it was all me, 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 me. And this was the hardest thing I could do the quickest way. Mm. Okay. So very much uh, selfish service when, when, when you look at it from that construct. Well, so how did you hear about it, though? Because you mentioned, you know, it was was hard to kind of hear about Ranger Regiment back in the day before the Internet and everything else. So were people talking about it in basic training or did a Ranger come down? You know, how did that how did that kind of happen? So I actually I signed a Ranger contract at that time, a a RIP contract. Oh, okay. Um, But I'd been to all the recruiters. I looked at officer and enlisted routes. Um, I had no real backbone of knowing anything about uh, or knowledge base for the difference of officers and enlisted non-commissioned. I didn't look contrary to belief. I did not look at pay scales like that was not something that I was doing um, at that at that time. But once I hit all the recruiters and I heard that Ranger could be the hardest thing that I could get into right away. I went and read books like the six silent men books and books that were available 
Wow, and and it, it was mostly Vietnam, you know, at that time. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I graduated RIP or was that summer when Black Hawk Down came out? Mm. No, I, I didn't know too much about Panama and that Rangers led the way there. So I wasn't watching CNN as a kid. I was a fraternity boy in college. My mind was not on geopolitical events and individual special operations units and what they were doing. I had my own high target or high value targets I was going after at that time. And it was not necessarily um, based on what I was doing for the military at, at that time at Ohio State. So just some reading and some self-reflection, but I went in pretty blind. Mm-hmm. I always read a lot about the South. I'm a history nerd, like a lot of um, Rangers are. Um, and I was born in Ohio, went to Ohio State, but TBS, Turner Broadcasting System, amplified my love for baseball. And I became a Braves fan. So I could be a Ranger. It was hard. I would probably be in Georgia and mm-hmm. I could run up and see the Braves all the time. <laughs> that That's like not how you want to pick what you do with your life. <laughs> but I, that's how I picked what I wanted to do with that, that what would only be three years and 16 weeks of my life. It's it's funny to hear your story because every single one, it seems like is different, you know, different. And yours is definitely unique. I would say that the only one that is a little, maybe a little bit more unique that I've heard about is uh, Sergeant Major Merritt, you know, that he actually like outcompeted his entire battalion uh, as a private and his battalion commander is like, you should be a ranger, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, not all. quite the same at all. No, well, okay, but it but it's different and it's unique because it's not the normal ranger route. You know, most come with a a ranger contract, and the reason is is just what you highlighted. You know, a family member or maybe a mentor growing up was a ranger, um, or you know that they hey they wanted to do the hardest thing. You know, when they went and talked to the recruiter, but some of the other things you feathered in there definitely makes it unique for sure. So when you uh, arrived to Ranger Regiment, you know, as a as a young specialist, I assume you were a specialist because you had your college degree. All right. Yep. What'd you get? What'd you get your bachelor's degree in, by the way, sir? I don't know. If well, my, like, like like every great, you know, infantry, uh, infantry man, um, political science with a minor in history. I didn't <laughs> want to write a lot of papers Didn't have to do as many in political science. So um I really didn't pick majors based off of, uh, you know, go to college for an education to get a job. Yeah, I probably should have in retrospect, but there was an accounting class uh, early sophomore year that um, derailed me from any type of uh, major (laughs) that might equate to some type of um, employment. This was an excerpt of the Legends of the 75th podcast. If you want to listen to the entire episode, go to the show notes and sign up for exclusive membership. Why are we charging? Some of the guests want to know that their stories have a level of protection and can share freely without it being available to the general public. To produce a professional product, it costs money. Your subscription helps us ensure we keep it to the level of what's expected from this elite organization. The podcast is the first phase. We plan to add videos, apparel, Ranger history blog, and more episodes each month. So as Legends grows, you will get more bang for your buck. We don't want to interrupt or muddle episodes with sponsorship clips or ads. Your support is much appreciated. We look forward to building this exclusive group with your support. Rangers lead the way.